Good evening, family of the living God. Good evening. Tonight is May 18th, 2023. 2023, can you believe it? Man, man, we are very excited for what the Lord is doing in this body. We have so many good things that are taking place, and I know Pastor Wade just said it earlier, but there is a wedding that is taking place this coming Saturday. Man, we are, we are 40, less than 48 hours away. Randy was looking at me. She was like, no, no, get it right, Abinbola. We are less than 48 hours away from heaven meeting earth. So exciting what the Lord is doing in our body. I'm also very excited to be standing next to this man of God, Assad. Man, it is, it is a gift. Nolan, I know why you love preaching and teaching with Assad, man. He is absolutely incredible. This is a gift. He's a gift from God. Last Sunday. Somebody say last Sunday. Last Sunday. Man, last Sunday, Cody. It was awesome. This whole stage was filled with our children. Had a baby dedication. Man, the Lord has blessed us over the years in abundance of children. One thing that really stuck out to me is, you know, after the baby dedication, and not only just the baby dedication, but just when we're together as a family here at LCM, Sunday mornings, Thursday evenings, at fellowship in each other's homes, do you guys realize and see how free our children are? Yeah. Like they're running around getting into things they shouldn't get into. Like you're, you're trying to have a real serious conversation passed away, and some kid hits you in the knee because he's running by. They're, they're so free. There's a freedom that they have. They, they, they walk in this freedom so much so that they don't even question who they are. Like my daughter doesn't come up to me and say, hey, daddy, remind me of my name. Like she just busts in. Like I'm on, I'm on a work phone call. Like I'm presenting. She's like, hey, dad, what are you doing? Like just no regard for what I'm doing. There's no fear. There's a, there's a freedom that is there, right? They don't question. Our children do not question their identity. They don't question it. And so it's something that we need to think about. If our children don't question their identity because they are secure in it, and the reason they're secure, Ray Pena, is because we as parents secure them in their identity. If that's how our children should be, and Jesus did say that how we enter into the kingdom, we have to be like little children, right? If this is how our children are, then identity is everything. See, and the Lord is teaching us more and more, and we're learning more from our Heavenly Father how important it is to walk in identity that He walk in the identity that He's given us. Because there's a constant war against your identity, LCM. There's constant warfare against it. So with that being said, the title of our sermon is called Forged in Identity. Yeah. Somebody say that forged, forged. in identity. Yeah. Identity. identity. Amen. That's a strong title. Okay, so this is a, a remind. This reminded us, guys, of, of what Jesus said when he was praying to his disciples in John seventeen fifteen. Uh, don't go there. It's on the screen for us. It says this: My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Sixteen says, They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. So. It's clear that we're not of the world. We're the saints of the living God. We're done with that way of life. So look at how, how transformed your lives are in this room. Complete and total 180. Utter transformation going on. 
And along the way, that transformation comes with an identity that's given to us from heaven. So that, that identity came from the, came, uh, excuse me, an identity that the kingdom of darkness, it wars against, guys. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all-out combat. Yeah. And it's why Jesus says to protect them from the evil one. So we know our Father is fighting on our behalf. Yeah. Say amen to that. Amen. He is warring on our behalf. He's a warrior. And we are, we are also instructed by the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 2.11 for us not to be unaware of the enemy's schemes. So we play a role, guys. We take ownership of the identity that God has given to us. And uh, Peter instructs us with the attitude that we are not, that we have to take ownership. We have a part to play in this, guys. So go with us. 2 Peter 1.10. And as you go there, say, forged in identity. It's not too often that we put up scriptures in the 2011 NIV, but we do want this one sound booth in the 2011 NIV for a reason. You guys there? Look at what it says. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. So we guys here make every effort. Does that sound like action or inaction? Action. And this is what this church is about. This is who LCM is. We are a church that moves and demonstrates our actions. Now, if anybody who's ever read 2 Peter chapter 1, you know that before verse 10, it, it's, it's, in verse 5, it's highlighting the things that we're supposed to add to our faith. Goodness, brotherly love, self-control, knowledge, so on and so forth. So when we read in verse 10, it says make every effort. There's an action. There's, there's a fight. There's a battle that is worn against your identity, and you have to take ownership and responsibility. Amen. See, knowing this from Peter, knowing what we're reading here, we not knowing what we're reading here in 2 Peter, taking ownership looks like honoring the name of the one who gave you the name. Amen. And so when we put up in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, look at what he says. He says, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Amen. Man, how incredible is that? See, he calls us and gives us our identity and it has nothing to do with our own ability. Yeah. It's not a job interview. Like we didn't show up and, and put up a suit and tie and interview to have the identity that God has given us. No, he called us by his own glory and goodness. See, we didn't do anything to deserve it, and yet he gave us this identity. We don't have to do anything to earn it. We don't have to strain to keep our identity. It's not us trying to become something. It is exactly who God has called us to be. See, LCM, we know this up here. And when I say we, myself included, I know this up here, but it has to make its way into our heart, into our hearts. And our Father is helping us to forge his character and his identity in us. And we have to take ownership, Brett. We have to believe this. We have to act in this way, saying, Lord, I'm going to walk out in this identity. Amen. So, you guys are Gentiles like I am. Yeah. We're, we're, we're Eastern people. All the way. And you're also Bible students. We know that when you read 2 Peter, you know that you're not the first audience. Is, is Peter a Gentile or Jew? Jew? He's a Jew. So perhaps what is he thinking when he's writing this, right? Peter has a reference when he's thinking about God calling us, them, the nation of Israel, as 
because of God's glory and because of his own goodness. And when we're thinking about this, the side and I were studying like, hmm, what could Peter be possibly referring to and, what, and, and what's causing him to write what he's writing? And we start to think, how could we, how could we not think about what God did for the nation of Israel when he brought them out of Egypt? They were slaves to the Egyptians. And in Exodus 12, he brings them out and he gives them a new identity. And we know the whole story, man. The Red Sea splits, manna from heaven, dealing with the Amalekites, all kind of things. And we're specifically going to go to Exodus chapter 28, and the side is going to take us from there. And what we're going to see is God zeroes in specifically on the priesthood, and something extraordinary is about to take place. Amen, guys. So Abimbola said the Lord took them out of slavery. Yeah. Sound familiar to anybody in here? Yeah. Is that familiar to you guys? Yeah. Amen. Amen. So Exodus 28, it says, verse 36, You shall make a plate of pure gold and engrave on it, like the engraving of a signet, holy to the Lord. Next verse, please. It says, And you shall fasten it, you shall fasten it on the turban by a blue, a cord of blue. It shall be on the front of the turban. Next verse. It shall be on Aaron's forehead, and Aaron shall bear any guilt from the holy things that the people of Israel consecrate as their holy gifts. It shall regularly be on his forehead, that they may, that they may be accepted before the Lord. So guys, in the LSB, that regularly says continuously, perpetually, always on his forehead. And so there are a few things we want to highlight in this passage. The fact that it was a, a gold plate that was engraved holy to the Lord, Amen. okay? And the gold plate was fastened to the front of the turban. Yeah. There's a reason for that. And the turban is placed on Aaron's head, yeah. and it's to be worn regularly, or as the LSB says, continuously. And, and take, take note of that turban. Put it in your pocket. We're going to come back to that later, okay? Yeah. So in all wisdom and knowledge of God, this is what he engraved. I mean, God, God knows everything. Yeah. He could have put anything on this turban, y'all. Anything he wanted. And he put holy to the Lord. Amen. Okay. And so this is not a title. Like, we all, you know, we work, and we have people who want, they chase after titles. Yeah. Uh, manager of this, VP of that. Yeah. And they, they're so empowered by the title. Hey, respect my title, right? right. Respect my authority. And so... This is not what, what, what the Lord gave to Aaron. It says holy to the Lord. Yeah. That was, it's not just a, a title. It's an identity that yeah. he's giving him. Yeah. It's, it's a calling he's given to him. Before Assad moves on, this is extraordinary. Peter says that the angels long to look into the things that God does. Right? The mysteries of God. Proverbs 25 says it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. It is the glory of kings to search it out. God can write anything that he wants. In, in, in his infinite wisdom, and the one thing that the king of glory puts upon this gold plate is holy to the Lord. Man, LCM, that's beautiful. That, that's something that we have to grasp. But like Asad said, it's not a title. It's how God sees Aaron. See, when I'm thinking about that. No, this is not just a, a story that we read in the Bible. This is not just something we put on the felt board. This is something that has to move our soul because we live in a world where people are struggling with identity. A man wants to be a woman. A woman wants to be a man. Other people want to be dolphins. Like, it's, it's madness out there. 
Like, it's, it's ridiculous, right? It's laughable. But we live in a society where people do not know who they are. And we have the God of all creation says, hey, I know who you are because I declared the end from the beginning. And he says, you are holy to me. Man, if we could take hold of that. If we can run with that, if we can take ownership and responsibility and act in such a matter, oh, man, it is, it is divine, and it moves the Father's heart. Amen. See? Amen. That's identity, God. <laughs> Holy to the Lord. Yeah. Hands down, point blank, say less. And so, guys, this, this identity, it's, it's who God says he is. It's, it's not who he's trying to be. This is exactly who he yeah. is, like Ebola. We talked last night. His, your name is Ebimbola in the U.S. and Texas. That's right. If you go to Nigeria, it's Ebimbola. That's right. Russia, Ebimbola, yeah. Romania. It's who he is. Yeah. It doesn't change based on circumstance or where he's at in the world. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he's cold, hot, tired, energetic. It's who he is. Yes. It's his identity. Amen. So, guys, a question we have for you. Aaron's not present when the Lord is giving Moses this name, holy to the Lord. Aaron's not physically there. Moses is on a mountaintop at this point, right? So I wonder what is Aaron doing while Moses is giving him this identity? Have you guys ever thought about that? Like this is, this is, this is monumental. Like they're, they're on Mount Sinai. It's God and Moses and, and God has given him revelation from heaven. Adam Korah, can you believe this? The tabernacle, the furnishings, all these amazing things from the heaven. It's a replica they're supposed to make on earth. Then he gives him the revelation about the priesthood and, and the, the garments they're supposed to wear and holy to the Lord. And it is extraordinary. Have you ever thought about where Aaron is in this entire story? Well, let's put up Exodus chapter 32. We'll tell you where Aaron is. Look at what it says. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered to themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up! Make us gods who shall go before us. As for this, Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, Take off the rings of gold that are in your ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. Verse 4, and he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graven tool and made a golden calf. And they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Wow. While Moses is getting revelation of all revelation, he's getting, he's getting insight from God about what God says Aaron is. Aaron is leading the entire nation into idolatry. Wow. This, this would be a lot different if the nation was like, no, we, we want to go back to Egypt. Leeks and onions. We desire that. We want to go back into slavery. Aaron's like, no, 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 no. You got to serve the Lord. No, do not do this. And, and then the Lord is like, yes, yes, Aaron, you're called to be high priest, holy to the Lord. That's who you are. That's not what the story says. Aaron is leading the people straight into idolatry. He's the one making the golden calf. While God is telling Moses, this is what Aaron is. Man, we wrestled with this. Yeah. We were reading this and Asad and I were like, why in the world would God pick Aaron? Look at what he's doing. Like he is championing idolatry. 
And we were like, there's, why would, why would God pick Aaron? Aaron's tripping. <laughs> yeah, Aaron is out of his mind. And we wrestled with it, and we wrestled with it, and we're like, oh, we're Aaron. Yeah, we're Aaron. Oftentimes, we can't see past the situation and the circumstance that's right in front of us. We're like, why does God pick Aaron? It's because we're looking for some way for us to disqualify ourselves. We are Aaron. See, when we wrestle with this, and we have to, otherwise we'll just blow past this and it's just a story to us on this side of history. God says, hey, Aaron is holy to me, and simultaneously Aaron is leading the nation idolatry. Well, this reminds me, or reminds us, of Romans 5, 6. Right? Romans 5, 6. Let's put it up on the screen. It says, for while we were still weak, while we were still weak, I don't really like that. Another translation says, while we were powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. You know what the NLT says? While you were utterly helpless, Christ died for you. Man, praise the living God that he sees past our tohu vavohu. It's, it's, it's different. You're like, hey, man, I was in darkness. No, we were darkness. And praise God that he sees us in that and he still calls what is in darkness into his marvelous light. And here we are, LCM. While we were utterly helpless, powerless, without any hope, Christ died for us. Man, we have no power outside of Jesus. The life that we live in, this transformed life, is because he died on our behalf and we became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Man, how humbling is this? How humbling is, is this to know that we have to come before the Lord continually in this identity? See, the identity doesn't change. It's not based on circumstance. It's not based on how we feel. No. But we have to come to the Lord continually again and again and again. And we know these things to be true. We know these things to be true. We know we're chosen aside. We, we know that we have an identity. We know that God has transformed us. Amen. And anybody who's been in the kingdom long enough knows the amount of the onslaught of spiritual warfare that comes against you in walking truly who God has made you to be. Have you guys experienced that lately? Yeah. yeah. So we have a passion we want to go to to, to help us yeah. rightly engage with this and to see the greatness of our king. So guys, that's the nature of warfare. Yeah. I mean, we have a real example of that. Look how Russia is just going after Ukraine, man. It's, it's unrelenting, right? And that's that's no, no wonder, right? It's, it's constant bombing, constant warfare, constant fighting. So why are we surprised when that happens in our lives? It, it shouldn't be a surprise. We should expect it. Right. So go to Zechariah 3.1 in your Bibles. And as you go there, say, forged in identity. Yeah, Zechariah 3.1, it says, Then he showed me Joshua the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. Wow. So Joshua is the high priest chosen by God, and there is Satan standing, waiting to accuse him, guys. There's, there's nothing that is more attacked in a Christian's life than your identity. Yeah. Nothing more. So, what ends up happening is the Lord actually rebukes Satan. Yes. He rebukes Satan for accusing Joshua. 
And God gives Joshua clean clothes. He says clothes were filthy. God gives him clean clothes. He says, take off those filthy clothes. I have taken away your sin, and I will put rich garments on you. Praise the Lord for that. So, just engaging with this, we all have children in here. Do you got my, my kids do it all the time. Yeah. Evan will come and say, hey, dad, Ava's doing this. He's tattletelling. <laughs> Ava says, hey, hey, dad, you said for Evan to do this, and he's doing that. And so that's what Satan's doing. Hey, do you see what Joshua was doing? And the Lord says, I rebuke you, Satan. So the, yeah. the accuser gets put in his proper place. Yeah. Man, that is, that is amazing. The word of God says, hold your peace. Let the Lord fight your battles. Does Joshua say anything in the scripture? No. He is silent, and the Lord's fighting on his behalf. And that's exactly what he's doing for every one of you in this room. Don't feel the need to justify it or, or uh, explain yourself. Hold your peace. Let the Lord fight your battles. He will cleanse your garments, cleanse you from your sin. So verse 5 says, Then I said, Put a clean turban on his head. So, question, I wonder what's on that turban. I wonder what's on it. It says, so they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him while the angel of the Lord stood by. Guys, oh my goodness, did you catch that? The Lord placed something on Joshua's head. It was a turban. So, it says, holy to the Lord. Joshua is a man. He's a high priest. So we know it's in that turban. It's the plate that says holy to the Lord. And so he's a man, guys. He's a high priest. Men in this place, if you are a high priest of your home, raise your hand right now. Absolutely. You are holy to the Lord. So the Lord is fighting. The Lord's fighting for us. He's fighting on our behalf. And we want to present ourselves before him, guys. Yes. He will remind me. That's all Joshua did. He presented himself, dirty clothes and all. Yeah. Lord, here am I. Yeah. And the Lord doesn't, how dare, Joshua, you are the high priest. Come on, man. What are you doing? It's not what he does. What, is he, what does he do when Aaron's, Aaron's making and fashioning that idol calf? He's given his calling at that point. It's, it's so counterintuitive. I would not have done that if I was God. I, and thank God I'm not. Thank God I'm not. We, we impugn our character to him. That's not who he is. And praise God for that. He's such a good God to us. So guys, we have to take ownership by believing and acting on what the Lord says. So we believe, he says, hey, this is what I called you to. We believe it. We just we just. He said it, we believe it. We don't question it. It is what it is. And then we act on it. So me and Ben were talking about this. Just going through the progression of the tabernacle. And as the high priest goes through the gates of praise, through the sacrifice, and now he's standing at the bronze laver. His hands are bloodied. He's been sacrificing animals, blood and guts everywhere. And he looks down, and the first thing he sees is his reflection. And on his turban is that gold plate that says, holy to the Lord. And he washes his hands. And then what does he do? Does he camp around that labor and just sing kumbaya? Does he just chill out? 
and watch himself in the No. Then he walks in the tabernacle and performs his function, his role, his calling. So there's believing in what God said, and then you act. I love what Asad is saying. Man, can you imagine yourself as the high priest? And you're sacrificing, making atonement for yourself for the whole nation. You're sacrificing animals. And then you get to the labor. And let's say you don't feel particularly good. Maybe you feel you feel you don't feel like the man of God. You don't feel like the high priest. You don't feel like you're walking in your calling. And you're over that labor. And all that labor is reflecting to you is that you are holy to the Lord. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what your circumstance is. It's no, it's no different, Pastor Judah, than, than Joshua standing there. He is filthy, and the Lord says, I've taken away your sins. I love the fact that our Father does not give up on us. See, we're fickle. We, can, we give up on things easily. Man, you go to Starbucks, and like, man, I'm going to get some coffee today, and there's 20 people in line. You're like, not today. I'm going go somewhere else, right? Our Father is not, our father is not like that. That's not who he is, man. He doesn't give up on us. And when the accuser standing there to say, hey, 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 this man is filthy. You've called him holy, but look at him. His garments are filthy. God rebukes Satan and said, this is my son, and I've called him holy yes, unto me. And he put the turban on his head. Anytime, anytime we mess up, you, if you stand back up again, though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets up again. If you stand up again, your father will remind you of his identity in you and who he has called you to be. This is what it's like to be forged in the identity that is immovable. See, that rock from Daniel chapter 2, that rock that was cut out, cut out of the mountain and grows into a mighty kingdom, LCM, you are that rock because Christ is that rock and you are in him and his identity doesn't change and your identity doesn't change and our Father does not give up on us and he reminds us of these things. Say, I believe. And I will act. All right, so we're about to throw some scriptures at you guys. We're not going to have you turn there. We're going to put it up on the screen. We want to show you what men of God who believe what God said about them and their identity and acted upon it. So first one is Amos chapter 7. We're going to read verses 13 through 16. NIV says, do not prophesy anymore at Bethel because this is the king's sanctuary in the temple of the kingdom. Amos answered Amaziah, I was neither a prophet nor a prophet's son, but I was a shepherd. And I also took care of sycamore fig trees. But the Lord took me from tending the flocks and said to me, go prophesy to my people Israel. Now then, hear the word of the Lord, you say. Now hear the word of the Lord. Do you guys see this? Amos, let me back up. The people are like, hey, Amos, we don't like what you're saying. Stop prophesying judgment. Stop prophesying. Stop saying dust, says the Lord. Amos like, hey, man, look, I was a shepherd. My daddy was not a prophet. I didn't call myself to be a prophet. My granddaddy wasn't a prophet. I don't come from a line of prophets. I was minding my own business being a shepherd, and God called me to be a prophet for the nation. So you know what? I'm just going to say what God says. I'm going to walk in this identity. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to believe, and I'm going to act. Doesn't Amos inspire you? It's one thing if he came from a line of prophets. I'm like, yeah, of course he's going to be a prophet. He was a shepherd, and God picked him, and he said, look, I'm just going to be. I'm going to be exactly who God has called me to be. See, this is what the Lord is doing inside of us. Have you guys noticed a difference inside of me? A difference inside of me? Yes. In the last couple of weeks, when you're engaging with me, there's something different about me. Yes. Why? I'm walking in my identity. I'm being exactly who God has called me to be. See, the identity he gave me when I was born again didn't change and morph into something over time. It's the exact same identity. I, I'm choosing now to believe it and act in that way. And so the same for you, LCM. Your identity 
did not change. When God stamped you with his very spirit, washed you in his blood, choose to believe it and act. Amen? Man, that, wow. That is just fire. I'm a man who, my dad came from Kansas to Texas to set up mosques. I do not come from good stock at all, okay? He was a Muslim man from his youth. And what has God done? He's transformed my life and brought me to this body right here. Come on, man. Thank God. So, go with us to 1 Corinthians 15, 10. It says this. Put it on the screen. Put it on yes. the screen. It says this. Don't go there. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. Praise God. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Still working at that. Though it is, though it is not I, but the grace of God that is with me. I am what I am, and you are what and who you are, saints. This is what we're going to do. We're not trying to do this. This is who we are. And you know what? I didn't pick myself. Bim didn't pick himself. Praise God, you didn't pick yourself. God chose you. Amen. So walk in that identity, believe in what he said, and take action. Amen. Ezra 10.4, look at this. Rise up. This matters in your hands. We will support you, so take courage and do it. LCM, rise up in the identity that God has given you. It is in your wheelhouse. This matter is in your hands. And we, we will support you like Aaron and her. You hold up that staff of God, that identity, that authority that is yours. And watch God come through and scatter your enemies. LCM, we are no longer going to question who God has called us to be or what he says about us. We're done with that. That reminds us of when... You know, Moses is speaking to the Lord like, hey, Lord, I know I messed up, but, you know, can I go into the promised land? The Lord's like, hey, don't talk to me about this anymore. We need to have that same attitude when we have those thoughts that are circling around and say, you're not the man of God. You're not called. You're not this. You know, no, 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 no. This is without question. It's not we're not having this conversation anymore. I am who I am because God has made me this way. I'm going to walk in this identity. I'm going to function in this identity. It doesn't matter what's happening all around me. I'm going to move forward in faith, and I'm no longer going to question who God says that I am. Yeah. LCM say, I am holy to the Lord. I am holy to the Lord. LCM, you need to get comfortable saying that. How is it that the one who is from eternity inscribed that upon us and we struggle to say that? No, no, no. We need to stand up and say, no, we are the solution to the world's problem. And we need to show them by walking in the identity that we've been given. Because when we're walking in the freedom of the identity that God has given us, you start to realize, you start to realize the side that it cannot just end with me. My wife needs this. My children need this. My brothers need this. They need to walk in the free identity that is ours in Christ. Amen. So say, it cannot end with me. It cannot end with me. together we are going to walk in this. Amen. It will not end with us, guys. So go with us to 2 Corinthians 11, 2. And as you go there, say, forged in identity. Forged in identity. It says this. I feel a divine jealousy for you, for I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. So guys, remember the Lord. You are sons. Remember your daughters, your wives, your homes. Guys, the Lord has a divine jealousy for us. Why? Because we belong to him. The same way as, as husbands. There's a divine jealousy for our children in our household. 
I want my children to be proud of being a Robinson. They have my name. They carry my identity. How much more the Lord? He's called us out of darkness. He's flashed his light and is leading us constantly. And he says, I've given you an identity. Now walk in it. Don't be ashamed of who I made you to be. This is who you are. Don't question it. Don't, that's, you're bugging if you question it. Don't do that. Be exactly who God's called you to be and do exactly what he's called you to do. My children, I say, hey, do what I said. Don't question what I said. Just do it. Do exactly what I said. And walk in it. It's easy. Be obedient. And now, me saying that to my children, I understand that completely. Now, my father tells me, I often, are you sure God? No. He has empowered you. He's called you. Be exactly who he's called you to be. Don't question it. Caleb Brown, be exactly who God has called you to be. This body needs it. Spencer McLean, you be exactly who God has called you to be. Carlos Rada, Carlos Rada, you be exactly who the Father of glory has called you to be, man. See, as I said that the Father has a divine jealousy for us, Paul had a divine, divine jealousy for his brothers. We have a divine jealousy for all of us to walk in this revelation that God has given us, which is our divine identity. We were thinking about this, and we started to think about Yeshua. Man, the King Yeshua. And in John chapter 17, we're going to put it up on the screen. He gives us some insight of what it looks like to fight for our households, our wives, our daughters, our sons, our brothers. He gives us some insight of how to properly fight. Look at John chapter 17, verse 6 in the ESV. He says, I have manifested your name to the people whom you've given me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. What does it look like? To manifest his name. What did Jesus mean when he said, I manifested your name, Father, to these men, these disciples? You guys know Jesus. You know his story. You read the Bible. What did he do? Jesus was exactly who he was every single place he was at. He didn't change. When he's standing before Pharisees and Sadducees, he was exactly the son of God and he knew his identity. When he went behind closed doors and he was with his disciples explaining to them the mysteries of the kingdom, he was exactly who God has called him to be then. He didn't change. When his family said, hey, man, you're out of your mind. Come back. He was exactly who he, he was called to be. Jesus manifested the character, the Hashem, the body of work of the father by being exactly in who he was. He was obedient to the word. So much so that John 5, 19 he says, look, I only do what I see my father doing. Whatever he says, I says. Whatever he tells me to do, I do. He manifested the name to his brothers because his brothers needed to know and to walk in that same identity. Jesus' identity did not change. The father's identity didn't change. And LCM, your identity does not change. And 1 John 2, it tells us that anyone who believes in Jesus has to walk as Jesus did. We get to manifest his name. This is incredible. We walk in this revelation because it is exactly who he says we are, and we do this LCM by living in obedience to the word. Amen. Do you guys want to see some practical steps of what this looks like to walk and to manifest the name and the character of God by being who we are? Yeah. Amen. So don't go there. Just, just look and listen to Psalm 119, verses 9 through 16. So how can a young man keep his way pure? By living in action, living according to the word. Ten, I seek you with all my heart. Seeking in my heart, I'm sorry, do not let me stray from your commands. 
Verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Verse 12, praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. 13, with my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Guys, did you hear all these action words in the Psalm 119? You're doing something. You're not just sitting still. You're actually moving. You're believing and you're acting. So this is who we are. This is who we're called to be. We're called, this is who our identity is wrapped up in. Ones who, ones who believe and then take action. We're not stagnant. We are moving, man. We are. We got somewhere to go. And so, why are we so fired up? Why are we so fired why? up? Why? Some kind of fired up. It's because this is revelatory to us. I didn't say it was. It is. It was, it is, and it will be. It's going to be a perpetual revelation. We are called to this. This is our identity. And more and more of it's being revealed to us daily. So, Men walking in their identity encourages their brothers to also walk in their identity. Yeah, we said Jesus, Jesus did it. He was who we, who he was and is who he is. It is what it is. And the disciples followed suit. Yeah. This brings glory to our father. Yeah. I mean, as, as a father myself, when my son is, is doing what I said, yeah. so, I'm, I'm so proud of him. Yeah. There was a time when he wouldn't sit still on the stage. And I had to watch him from the back like, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? Oh, my God. Now, I don't worry about that. Now, it is what it is, man. Hey, I give him instruction. He does exactly what I say. That's progress. That is progress. And we are practicing, guys. We are, we are practicing knowing more and more of our identity. We don't have it all figured out yet. We, we know what it is, and we're walking in it daily, perpetually, continuously. Put it in the turban on our head. Yeah, we have to cultivate this. Say, I will cultivate. I'll cultivate it. See, we're fired up because we know that this ultimately brings the Father glory when we're yeah. all doing this together. That's why Paul says, I have a divine jealousy for you to get this revelation because it's not me being uh, just by myself doing this. The body of Christ, like 1 Corinthians 12 says, we are a body and we bring the Father glory. John 17, 4, Jesus says, I bring you glory, Father, by completing the work that you've given me to do. See, it's not, not enough to be concerned about the work that I need to get done. No, I'm concerned about the work that we have to do, like Ephesians 2 says, that he has works prepared in advance for us to do. And in order to bring him glory by completing that work, LCM, the key is that you have to walk fully in your identity, to walk fully who God has called you to be. See, we have to believe. We have to act. We have to take ownership and responsibility in this. See, First Chronicles, I got it right. First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 22, shows us an example of men who knew their identity and were walking in it. And it says in verse 22 in NIV, day after day, men came to help David until he had a great army, like the army of God. All of Israel came to David. Not just one man who's like, I know who I am. I'm going to support the king. He, he is the one that God has chosen. No, the whole nation, men, brothers standing shoulder to shoulder. They knew who they were and they surrounded the king and said, we are with you, son of David. We are with you because God has chosen you. These were men who knew their identity. See, a revival was taking place in Israel. 
when these men came alive and they saw the identity that David had and he walked in it and he truly walked in it, it inspired other men to walk in their identity and it became an army bringing glory to the Father. Elsim, this is incredible. Do you see that life comes out of us just truly being who we are? Yeah. When we believe what God says and we just act upon it? Yeah. Yeah. See, as we're working to, to descend and land this plane, Remember how we started off the sermon? We were talking about Exodus chapter 28, the gold plate that the Lord has Moses engraved holy to the Lord. The plate fastened upon the turban, that turban being placed on top of Aaron's head, and he's supposed to wear that continually. What God did for the high priest in Exodus 28 was one man. This was a foreshadow of what was to come. Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6 This is the Apostle John speaking, and it says in verse 5 that to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Why? So that we can become a kingdom of priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory, power forever and ever. We've been set free, so all of us, not just one man, all of us are called to be priests of God. You guys go to Revelation chapter 22, and Asad is going to lead us there, because there's something we want to show you about this. As you go there, say, forged in identity. Forged in identity. You guys there? All right, let's get it. Verse 3 says, no longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his his name will be will be written on their foreheads. Come on, man. Church, on that day, we will stand before him in full confidence. And our, his name, the name of the Lord, will be written on our foreheads. Yeah. Now, remember in Exodus 28, it was written on what? A gold plate on a turban, yeah. right? Gold meaning what? Divinity. Divinity, right? And so he's going to write it on our foreheads. What's that say about what the Lord sees us as? There's no more gold plate. It's written on your forehead. And you can't take it off. It's it's who you are. That's where we're going. It's a foreshadowing. I mean, that that plate was and is glorious. How much more when it's written on your forehead? And when when I walk around, I see it on them. Oh, hey, man. I see it on you guys. Everybody, all of us. That's where the Lord's taken us to. Amen. How incredible is this? It's no longer a plate. He's going to write it on our foreheads, his name. LCM, this gets me fired up. And we know this is the end, this is the end of the story. Revelation chapter 22. We know this day has not happened yet, but it surely will as the sun rises. So how do we honor such a great revelation from Revelation chapter 22? John chapter 20 verse 29 is the answer. Look at this. It says, then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Elsie, you know how we honor what's going to happen in Revelation chapter 22? By walking in who we are now. By believing what God says about us now. By acting in what, by acting according to that identity now. LCM, this is who you are. Say, this is who I am. This is who I am. And LCM, this is what you do. 
We believe in the identity that originated with the Father that he has given to us, and we act upon it because this is how we are forged in his identity. We believe, regardless of the circumstance. We stand up like Amos and say, hey, I didn't call myself to this. When I was born again, I didn't, I didn't, before I was born again, I didn't tell the Lord, Lord, I want to preach. Lord, I want to do this. I didn't tell him. I just, I just want to love you. That's all I want to do. He chose me to do this, and so the last thing I'm going to do is charge him with error and bring disgrace to his name by, not, by acting as something I am not. No, I'm going to act according to what he called me, which is holy to his name. And LCM, that is who you are. We're men and women who believe what the Lord says and no more questioning about your identity. I mean that, LCM. No more questioning the identity that God has given you. And then you take action. You go full throttle. You practice your fundamentals. You step into darkness, and you be the light that shines in that darkness. You guys stand to your feet. So as you do that, <clears throat> Abimbola, Dermola, the Holy Ghost steamroller, told you what he's going to do. He's going to believe and act. What about you? And there you go. We're going to believe and act. Amen. So the last scripture is Hebrews 10, 35 to 39. It says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, LCM, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteousness, my, my righteous one shall live by faith. Amen. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. We are not those that shrink back. Amen? Amen. But we are not those that shrink back and are destroyed. But of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Yeah. LCM, we're going to choose today to believe exactly what God said. Amen. We are no longer going to question our identity. As if God erred when he gave it to us. He said it, so shall it be. Amen. It's going to happen. It's, it's, it's a foregone conclusion. It's done. It's happening. It's what's going to be, Spencer. It's what's, like the wedding. It's what's going to be. It's happening. It's going to happen. We're going to believe and we're going to act. So right now, our desire for you, we, we know that there are times in our lives where we struggle with our identity. We're not sure. I'm, I'm the, chief, the chiefest of that. We're not sure if we're the right one. God, why'd you call me here? What am I doing on the stage right now? I can't. I'm not articulate at all. Why am I speaking? I'm like Moses. I stutter. Why? It doesn't matter. It does not matter. God has called us to this. It's our identity, guys. So what are we going to do? We don't want to see you guys here repenting because we know you need to grow in your identity because we do if it's good enough for us we know you need it too what we are going to do we're going to stand up in victory guys you know why because we're holy to the Lord so as I pray lift your hands up in victorious manner let's worship our God Heavenly Father, we thank you for the identity that you've given us, Lord God. We're going to act upon it. We're going to believe what you said and act in obedience, Lord God. We love you, Father. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.